Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm very excited about uh, today. We've got Dr. Peter Kapsner in studio, and it is time for our prayer series to continue. And our very special guest, uh, Peter, I'm excited to introduce. Uh, we were just chatting with him before the start of the show, and I can hardly wait. Oh, it was incredible. I loved the beginning parts of that conversation. <laughs> Off the air, I can't even imagine where it's going to go on air. It's so exciting. Yes. He's been an evangelist for 40 years. He's spoken at uh, universities and cities all across 69 countries and six continents. I'm guessing the one he has not been to is Antarctica. That, that, that would be my that, guess. That probably stands to reason. Yeah, <laughs> might have to ask him. He's an evangelist, a minister, and a speaker, and a broadcaster and writer. He l- loves communicating the Christian faith in a very practical way. And I tell you, he has got a gift, and I'm so excited for you to meet him today. In 2017, he launched the first Just One meeting at the arsenal of Uh, Emirates Stadium in London, where 23,700 people attended, and it was watched by 250,000 people online. Uh, Just delighted to have uh, the Reverend Canon J. John with us today. John, welcome. Thank you very much, Bill. That's a very warm welcome, and greetings to you, and uh, greetings to Peter, and everyone who's tuning in. I love it. just, Just even the idea of you doing the work that you're doing on another continent or another side of the pond like this and talking about the different continents. I mean, you, you must have seen, we've been talking about prayer, uh, John, and you must have seen so many different versions of prayer from so many different parts of our world. As we just get started, I would love to hear a little bit of reflection just on that. What have you seen in prayer from around the world? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, the the great thing about traveling, uh, we've had the privilege of doing for four decades, is that you you do get to think more globally. And I think that that's a good little like uh, strap line, think globally, but act locally. And um, I've, I've really enjoyed just being enriched by different people Uh, taking the same principles but doing it maybe in a different way and um, and we have to rethink the way we do things sometimes um, and to sharpen up one of my life verses is Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 and it says if the axe is blunt you have to use a lot of strength to chop wood well that's that's an obvious proverb so what's the point of the proverb the point of the proverb is don't work harder work sharper and uh, and i think we could all do that whether it's prayer or anything else that's part of being a disciple of jesus john i would love for our audience to get to know you a little bit so i you know i'd love to know your story of coming to faith in christ and i never ever get tired of hearing those and I, I, I love those stories as well, <laughs> uh, very much. Well, I, I was brought up uh, in a Greek Orthodox family. And um, now to be Greek Orthodox, to be Greek means you are Greek Orthodox. Uh, but there's, it's a cultural, it can be cultural, it can be religious, or it can be both. And in, in my family's case, it was very 
cultural. Um, and I was a, an agnostic kind of stroke atheist, really. Um, it's a, it's, so it's a bit like you can be Jewish, but you can be an atheist, but you're still Jewish. So culture can be very strong. And I went off to college uh, to study in London in 1974, and I met a Christian. I mean, I did not know what a Christian was, but this person introduced themselves to me as a Christian. And I was like, well, that's fascinating. And <laughs> over, over a period of time, and he gave me a Bible and he, he helped me understand it. And over a period of time, I came to understand uh, what it was all about. And in fact, when I got baptized at my baptism, I said, my friend Andy built a bridge from him to me. And when he did, Christ Jesus walked over mm. it. Wow, no, that's and beautiful. That was so true. Uh, but the, my little tipping point was when he showed me uh, that scripture in the last book of Revelation, uh, chapter three, verse 20. Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And if you hear the knock, open the door, let him in. And my friend Andy said, have you heard Jesus knocking on your door? And I said, well, I think so. He said, have you opened the door? I said, well, I don't know where the door is. <laughs> where is this door? I don't know. And he said to me, don't worry about where the door is. Just ask Jesus to break the door down. Mm. And that night I knelt beside my bed and I said, Jesus, I don't know if, if you're knocking on my door, but if you're knocking on my door, could you break the door down? And at that moment, uh, I would say I had an epiphany uh, to quote the evangelist John Wesley my heart was strangely warmed. Now, I didn't have the, the theology or the biblical vocabulary to articulate what was happening to me, but I knew something happened. And the next day, I knew things were different. Jenny, you talk about that verse from Revelation about Jesus then breaking down the door and then coming in to eat with you. And it, and it speaks sort of this sweet and intimate fellowship when Jewish people would share a table together. And I'm curious in your prayer life since that time, what, what kind of intimacy fellowship have you developed with Jesus uh, as you have interacted with him in prayer? Well, uh, do you know, it, it, of course, over during one's um, pilgrimage as a believer, uh, as a follower of Jesus, you know, there are significant landmarks in one's life. Um, uh, I was then, it, it was almost like on the 9th of February, 1975, the bricks came together to build, but the cement wasn't in there. And, it, it, you know, it takes a while to cement the bricks, to learn about prayer, to learn about uh, Bible study to learn about outreach and what was interesting is when I came to faith uh, the guy who brought me to faith he said to me he said now he said he said John what you need to do now is you need to come for prayer and Bible study uh, on a Wednesday night and I said oh okay and then he said to me now and on Saturdays you need to come out <laughs> onto the streets <laughs> and we're going to evangelize people so I said oh 
uh, what does that mean? And he said, well, we introduce other people to Jesus. So I said, okay. And then he says, on Sunday, we go to church and we worship God and, uh, and we need to do that. So I said, okay. Um, it was just, that's what he said to me. I've got to do Wednesdays, Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> so I, I, I came to Christ on a Tuesday. So on a Wednesday. <laughs> The next day I went to a discipleship class where I began to learn about prayer, where I began to learn about the Bible. But then straight away, a few days later, on the Saturday, I was out in the streets in London talking to people about Jesus. And then on the Sunday, I was worshipping the Lord. And, and I think there's a, there's a big connection between praying, caring and sharing. I don't think you can just pray. You pray and there's a consequence to that prayer. And I think it leads to caring and sharing. I, I've just had a memory. You know how you get these little memories? Oh, yes. Well, in my early days, as a, I was just kind of starting out as an evangelist. And are you, are you familiar with John Stott? I've met, yeah. Mr. I've met Dr. Stott. I, oh, okay. Well, what John Stott invited me to go and have tea with him. Well, that's, was, you just one up me, John. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very young evangelist. I'm a very young evangelist. And he invites me to go for tea with him. And uh, I go to his apartment and we have tea. And he, in the conversation, says to me, tell me, almost like the question that you just gave me a few minutes ago he said tell me about your prayer life and I I didn't expect that question so that was a bit of a curveball I thought he was going to talk to me about evangelism so I was like I didn't so when you don't know how to answer a question you ask a question so I said well tell me about your prayer life and um, John Stott said this he says I try to pray an hour a day an afternoon a week, a day a month, and a week a year. And I left his apartment and I thought, well, if that's good enough for him, that's good enough for me. And then I began, that began me doing that as a discipline. And uh, an hour a day, an afternoon a week, a day a month, and a week a year. And it just sets something in motion. And, and now I'm not talking about legalism yeah of course there are times when that doesn't work or you're traveling or whatever but as much as I've been able that's what I've endeavored to do as a structure it's lovely John that uh, Dr. Stott just gave you a and modeled an example that you could embrace instantly and how transformative that's been for you Oh, hugely. And did you know this, that when when he um, had to leave his apartment in order to go uh, into a nursing home, a care home, uh, they were helping clearing up his apartment and beside his bed, okay, on the floor, on the carpet, there were two holes where he'd been kneeling. Wow. (laughs) Just imagine how many you'd have to kneel in order to create two huge holes in the carpet. I'm a little speechless right now. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is this, isn't it? What is it? What is prayer? Prayer is not twisting the hand of God. It's holding the hand of God. 
in prayer, we're not asking for our will to be done in heaven. We're asking for God's will to be done on earth. And there's this, oh, I mean, if you just take the truth of those little sentences, it's like, why would I not pray? Why would I not hold the hand of God? Why would I not want, want the, God's will done in my life here on earth? Powerful. We'll take a little break. Our guest is uh, Jay John, and we will be back, Dr. Peter Kapsner and I, in just a minute. Our special guest is Canon J. John. You can go to canonjjohn.com because I know for a fact you're going to want to learn more about him. And Peter, I would say so far, you and I are doing pretty good. We, our first segment, we haven't even made fun of his accent. We, <laughs> I think, Ashley, in fairness, he should be making fun of our <laughs> accent think, at this point, right? I think you're absolutely right. Indeed. And John, before we get started again, I want to have you pronounce your birth Greek name. Okay, so yes, I am Greek, and my name in Greek is Yanagis Ioannis. And if you translate my Greek name uh, into English, the nearest equivalent is is John Johnson. And so, hence, years ago, I initialed it to J. John, a bit like C.S. Lewis. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Peter, you had next question. Yeah, John, we were talking a little bit in the break about this idea of God's kingdom come, obviously part of the Lord's prayer. And it's something that I think many of our listeners would pray to just say, thy kingdom come. But it, but it's also sort of a general prayer. Have you seen, as you've prayed that prayer, specific results of sort of how God's kingdom might express itself in your life or the lives of people around you as you've prayed that general prayer? Absolutely. Uh, can I also say that the, the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is pray the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Um, I, I, that's been a practice of mine probably from the early days of following Jesus. Um, now, so, but I don't, I'm not just saying the prayer for the sake of saying the prayer. I, I actually take hold of the prayer. Mm. I take hold of those principles. And there, there are remarkable principles you know, uh, different versions of the, of the prayer, but it's roughly about 70 words. It, it's so concise, it's so clear, it's so succinct. And, you know, you start with our Father in heaven. And, and I think the thing is, the more you, we magnify the Lord, the, all of our concerns get reduced. I think sometimes we magnify our anxieties and our concerns and our needs. And that's why the prayer starts with God, our Father in heaven. And, and, and I think perspective is so, so important. Uh, and I, I like the our Father in heaven. It's like his address <laughs> in heaven, you know, because it's it's about perfection. And and you and you start there and and you're saying your will be done, your kingdom come. And so you're asking for this, what are we doing there? We're asking for the sovereign reign and rule 
of God in our lives. So every day I pray that prayer, I say, Lord, I'm surrendering to you everything. You know, back to our analogy about opening the door of the house and letting Jesus in. Of course, that's the beginning, isn't it? Uh, but when Jesus comes into our lives by his Holy Spirit, I mean, where does he go? I, I think it's easy to kind of um, open a cupboard and push him in the cupboard <laughs> and shut the cupboard. Uh, in other words, I want Jesus in my house, but I actually don't want to surrender my house. And it's interesting. There are, there are three scriptures that say this. One, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the Holy Spirit and do not grieve the Holy Spirit fascinating three do nots in the new testament so when we've uh, invited jesus in we're, we actually want to, to then say come down into the basement and clear out the cobwebs come into the attic and clear out the bats come into the sitting room the dining room the kitchen the bedroom and i think the first part of the lord's prayer you we're doing a lot of that and the more we do that the more we can then move on to uh, what your question is praying more specifically for things that we might need give us our daily bread protect us from temptation the evil one um, and i have seen answers to prayer in all of those sections of the lord's prayer Beautiful, John. I just love that. Yeah, Thank incredible. you so much for that. Now, this year has given all of us a shared experience with the pandemic, and I know there's so many who are not only struggling um, to make sense of life, but also to make sense of their life. I would love for you to discuss um, how we need to persist in prayer and how we can maybe regain our perspective if we've gotten a little off track. Well, let's just do a, a very quick little Bible study. In, I love it. In Mark chapter four, we read um, that, that Jesus um, says to the disciples, let's get in the boat and let's row to the other side. And um, and he's very tired. He's been preaching all day. He gets in the boat and, you know, he falls asleep. And then there's there's a storm. Now, isn't it interesting? I find that Jesus said, hey, boys, let's get in the boat and row to the other side. But Jesus knew there would be a storm. Uh, I think sometimes we think that if we're following the instructions and the guidance of Jesus, we're not going to hit a storm. And I think it's important for us to realise that let's just follow the instructions of Jesus irrespective of the storms of life okay the story how does it go well they're all fearful they've never seen a storm like this they think they're going to drown the boat's going to sink and they wake Jesus up and and they say to Jesus don't you care do you not think that's rude? <laughs> Can you believe it? You're telling, you're telling Jesus. You don't care. Oh my word. I mean, that is just so rude. But Jesus gets up, he rebukes the storm, it calms, 
And then what does he do? He rebukes their lack of faith. That's what he does. He rebukes their lack of faith. And, and, and it was as if Jesus was saying, hey, boys, do you honestly think this boat would sink with me in it? <laughs> <laughs> Not likely. And then, and then what happened? They have this little conversation, the disciples, and they say, who is he? Isn't that interesting? They Look, they've just been with him. They've seen him teach and do miracles and healings. And now they're saying, who is he? Because they know only Yahweh, only Yahweh can calm a storm. Only Yahweh can speak to creation. And that was the revelation. They realized, ah, oh, God's in the boat. He's in the boat. The son of God is in the boat. I think that was their first revelation of Jesus as to who he was. You know, we need a revelation of Jesus, the son of God, the creator of the entire cosmos and the universe. So when I'm praying, I'm praying to Jesus. And I have that great sense of anticipation, expectation that Jesus can do something about the prayer that I'm praying. And John, <laughs> when you talk about just even what the disciples maybe thought they were signing up for, right? When they, when they followed him, as they may have been thinking they were signing up for a life of power and prestige and, and all of that. But then in the midst of the winds and the wave, they began to, to see something different. And I'm hearing you say that uh, as we sign up for following Jesus, that we're probably going to be brought into the storms uh, specifically around some things to even realize that much more about who this God is. Absolutely. Oh, you, you've nailed it. Nailed it. That that's yes. Look, what Christians, who who are we? Well, we we are an Easter people living in a Good Friday world. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah i think my mic just dropped on yeah. that one bill yeah yeah, yeah. And that's what we are we 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 the same power that raised jesus from the dead lives in us so we are that easter people but we live in this good friday world that's broken that's fractured and 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 we're we're endeavoring to be channels of god's grace to others and we're endeavoring to be answers to people's prayers wow just tremendous we are talking to j john you can go to canonjjohn.com c-a-n-o-n-j-j-o-h-n.com learn more about john we'll take a short break when we come back dr peter kapser and i will continue on our prayer series with our distinguished guest be right back Show with Bill Arno, drive time, drive time, the 
We're back with our prayer series. Our guest is uh, the Reverend Canon J. John. Go to canonjjohn.com to learn more about him. You can sign up for his uh, daily uh, or his emails, and he'll send you out uh, his blogs and news and activities all by email. You can go to canonjjohn.com. You're going to want to do that. So, Peter, uh, he hit us right before the break with we are, um, you know, Easter Christians living in a Good Friday world. Amazing. I just I wrote down the phrase immediately on that, and here we are right in the middle of Easter week, right? Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been more appropriate time to say just that phrase as we're reflecting on the week that we're in right now. And, and I think, uh, John, in, in light of that, we, we spend so much time as believers, understandably so, with the cross event and the forgiveness of sins and all of what happened on Good Friday. But, but I am mindful of the fact that Paul says along the lines of if that tomb wasn't empty, if the resurrection hadn't happened, our faith would be in vain. And so I would imagine somewhere in there lies that statement that you just said, that we are an Easter people living in, in, in a Good Friday world. I wonder if you could just tease that out a little bit more for us. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, when I used to, I I spoke in many universities around the world and uh, the questions from students are all pretty similar. Um, But often when I was asked, why are you, J. John, a Christian? And the answer is, one, because it's true. That, I, I just pause for a moment there to kind of let that one sink in. You know, we're Christians because it's true. Now, how do we know it's true? We know it's true because Jesus rose from the dead. And the evidence for the resurrection is incredible. And then the other, the, the interesting thing about when Jesus rose from the dead He then spent 40 more days teaching the disciples before the ascension. And during that 40 day period, he neither added nor withdrew what he had taught the previous three years. People say, why Jesus? Well, look, if you're walking down a street and you get to the end of the street and you don't know which way to go, left, right, I don't know. I'm confused. There are two men lying there. One's dead and one's alive. Which one would you ask for directions? The reason I'm a follower of Jesus is because Jesus is alive Mm. today and I can communicate with him. And back to our whole subject of prayer. When we pray, coincidences happen. And when we don't, they don't. But the thing is, is this, we're praying to a living, crucified, resurrected Jesus. So good. So as we are in this Holy Week, John, and I know there's so many people who will have relatives that they'll be connecting with. And for many, it's difficult to have that conversation about their faith or where they're at if they've drifted away. Um, so maybe it would just be good to, to equip people as they are prayerfully getting ready to encounter friends and relatives this week who are maybe searching for the Lord and others who have drifted away. Absolutely. And I, I mentioned it earlier, and I, I'll just reinforce it. I, I, the, the three principles of praying, caring, sharing Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, my, my wife and I, every day, uh, we currently pray for 42 people that we personally know, personally know, who don't yet know the Lord. And we pray for those people every day. So I would encourage uh, listeners to pray specifically for family, friends, neighbours and colleagues. To pray that the Lord will speak uh, to them, open the eye, their eyes, open the eyes of their hearts, speak to them in dreams, give us access points. Uh, you know, pray. When we pray, coincidences happen. Mm. But praying and caring and sharing. Now, Easter, I think that the, the conversation with Christmas, Easter, it's probably easier than other times of the year. Um, it, it's very, well, let's do another little, little quick Bible study. Okay, John chapter four. Jesus um, is at position one. He wants to go to position two. And it says he has to go into Samaria. Now, for those who don't know the history and the geography, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. So Jews wouldn't go into Samaria. They'd walk around Samaria. But Jesus breaks long-standing traditions and he goes into Samaria. He sits at a well. There's a woman arrives. What's the difference between the woman and Jesus? Well, you've got a moral barrier. She's living in adultery. He's the high priest. You've got a social barrier. She's a woman. He's a man. You've got a religious barrier. She's a Samaritan. He's Jewish. You've got a racial barrier. She's a Samaritan and he's Jewish. You've got four barriers, moral, social, racial, religious. My word, how does Jesus connect with this woman? Well, he focuses on what they both had in common. They only had one thing in common, H2O. <laughs> she wanted water, he wanted water. So they talk about water. And then he talks about living water. And then he talks about her life. And what's interesting is that she addresses Jesus four times. The first time she says Jew, but it's a kind of very negative way of saying it. The second time she addresses him, she says, sir. The third time she addresses him, she says, prophet. And then the fourth time she addresses him, she says, messiah. So isn't that interesting? This is Jesus doing one-to-one -one evangelism. <laughs> you know, it's like what we need to do is to endear people not we don't want to hinder people we don't want to harm people so so we want to create curiosity you know like with some of my neighbors i'll say i you know do you, do you ever think about what easter really means you know give them an opportunity to articulate something of what they think now a lot of people's understanding of Christianity is a misunderstanding. And so we are therefore able to engage, dialogue, share a little bit of testimony, articulate something in a way that people can understand. 
you know. So now, of course, I know what the word sin means. And of course, I know what the word trespass means. And of course, I know what the word iniquity means. And of course, I know what the word guile means. But when I'm talking to an unbeliever, um, I'll put it in a slightly different way. I'll say the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. In our world today, we've got personal problems, domestic problems, social problems, global problems, and everyone's trying to deal with the symptoms. But unless you deal with the root cause, you're always gonna have the symptoms. What do you think is the root cause of everything that's wrong in the world today? I'm engaging people, engaging people. You know, and I, you know, for me, Easter is a wonderful opportunity to talk about Jesus. I mean, you know, uh, heroes, we all like heroes, and most heroes wear a cape. <laughs> um, I, but my hero wore a cross, and my hero says, I'm to die for. John, as you're talking about sharing our faith and endearing uh, Jesus to people and, and even thinking about the 42 people that you talk about that you're praying for sort of day in and day out and, and even connecting it to resisting the spirit you referenced earlier, are there times when you're praying for people and sharing with people that you almost sort of sense this tug of war going on in the realm of the spirit as you're kind of working to, to help bring people to life? Oh, yes. You, you can feel it. You can sense it. Uh, it there is a battle uh, going on. Um, and I, I, I just want to encourage people, uh, all believers, you know, sometimes people say, oh, Jay John, it's easy for you. You're an evangelist. Listen, look, every believer, well, put it, let me just say this. There are two reasons today why people are not Christians. One, they've never met a Christian. Two, they have met a Christian. <laughs> you know, in other words, the point I'm making there is you and I can make the difference in someone's world. And every Christian is a witness. And in a court of law, a witness gets up and says, well, let me tell you what I know. I mean, they don't even have to rehearse it. They just tell the truth. And then there are lawyers and a lawyer gets up and presents the facts in such a convincing manner as to get the jury to make a decision. Okay, every single one of us is a witness and some of us are lawyers. I'm a lawyer, that's what I do, but I'm also a witness. So I would encourage people to share more. I think people are more receptive than we think. I think people want help in their spiritual journey. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Okay, the Lord laid on my heart a very, very famous atheist who lives in England, very influential, very wealthy. And I just felt the Lord say to me, um, go and introduce him to me. So I wrote to the man and I said, may I come and see you? I'm Reverend, da, 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 can I come and see you? And he wrote back, I get a letter, dear Reverend J. John, no. He just put no, nothing else. And he signed it. So six months go by, I write to him again. He replies, no. Six months go by, I write a third time. He replies, no. 
my wife says, stop writing to him. It's <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Two weeks after my third letter, he phoned me up because my number was on my letter head. He phoned me up and he said, when can you come? I said, well, I'll, I'll come, I'll fit in with your schedule. So I said to my wife, Killy, we've got to go together. I need some moral support and a woman with me as well. We get ushered into the Playboy room. I mean, can you imagine the room's called Playboy? And we get ushered in there and then he, he comes in and uh, I say to him, I'm, I don't want to waste your time. I know you're a very busy man, but I've come here for one reason only, to introduce you to Jesus Christ. He says, well, you're not going to be able to do that because I'm an atheist. I said, well, God doesn't believe in atheists. So he started laughing. He found that funny. <laughs> he phoned up his wife. He phoned up his wife and he said to her, come down now. She came down and he said to me, go on then. So I start talking and I didn't want to outstay my welcome. I stayed about an hour. And then I said, can I pray for you? He said, prayer doesn't work. I said, well, let me do it anyway. So I put my hand on his heart. I didn't pray out loud. I prayed inside. And you know that battle that you said, I could feel it in my hand, mm. this battle going on in his, in his heart. And I just said, amen. I finished I, with the word amen. And he said, when can you come for dinner? So then my wife and I went back. We've had several meals with him. And he phones me every week now from whatever country he's in. Wow. And I, I'm, Now, when I first met this gentleman, he was minus 100. I think he's now about minus 40. Mm -hmm. So the point I'm making there is, I mean, I, I look like an idiot, you know, writing to someone I don't even know. But I felt the Lord say, do it. And I think sometimes, whether it's, you know, people say, some churches say, oh, we want to encourage people to go on a missions trip. And I say, yes, let's go on a mission trip. Let's just walk next door. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to spend a year fundraising. Right. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll take uh, one more break. Our special guest, Jay John, uh, go to canonjjohn.com. You can learn more about him. We'll be right back. We are back with the Reverend Canon J. John. Uh, Peter, I would say that... Uh, between the two of us, we've taken a lot of notes. Oh, boy, I've just been thumbing out stuff on my phone <laughs> left and right right now. It's been fantastic. Yeah. And, John, we've just got one segment left, about 10 minutes. And one of the favorite things Peter and I were talking about during the break was how you uh, kind of say, well, how about a little Bible study? And we just <laughs> found that fascinating. And then what you share with us is so profound. I would, We would both love one more little Bible study. Absolutely. Oh, uh well, listen, you know what, during the break, I, can I tell you one of my favorite um, uh, stories about prayer? Of course, for sure. All right. Okay. So there's this, there's this missionary in Africa, and he returns to his sending church in Scotland to report on the work in Africa, but particularly to call more people to the mission field. He arrives at his church 
it's a midweek evening it's it's dark it's cold it's raining he gets there and there's 10 elderly women and um he's thrilled that these elderly women have made the effort to come and he knows that there's serious intercessors but he's discouraged because he was hoping there were younger people that he could encourage to the mission field but he feels the Lord's telling him to give the, exactly the same message he was going to give anyway. So he gives this message about the need in Africa and the need for more workers. The laborers are few. And can, and can we all pray? And he ends his sermon with who will go? Now, he didn't realize that the organist who was up at the top, uh, who played one or two of the hymns, there was a little boy that was helping the organist with the billows. And the little boy stood up and he said, I will go. The name of that little boy, David Livingston. Oh. He was then encouraged, look, David, the best way to go to Africa is to become a medical doctor become a medical doctor and then you can go to Africa as a, as a medical missionary okay speed up the story he goes to Africa he's a medical missionary and they're endeavoring to reach new communities of people and one of the chiefs of one of the communities does not like what he's doing and he sends him a message and he says to him that we're going to come to your compound tonight and we're going to kill all of you and David Livingston kept a diary. That's how we know a lot of this information. And in the diary, he was saying, Lord, Lord, are we going to be extinguished tonight? You know, we've labored for you. Please help us. Please protect us. Anyway, nobody came. No one came. And uh, the, the Lord must have protected them. And later on, they eventually did reach this community. And David Livingston says to the chief, you sent me a message that you were going to come and kill us. He said, yes, we did come to kill you all. And they said, well, why didn't you kill us? He says, because when we came to your compound, there were 39 giants. And when we saw these giants, we ran away. Okay, a couple of years later, David Livingston returns to Scotland to his sending church. He tells this story. The secretary of the church comes up to him and says, Dr. Livingston, Dr. Livingston, I've got my I've got my diary here. Do you know the date of that when the, the chief came to kill you? He says, oh, yes, I know the date. It's this date. And the secretary opened his diary to that date. And there were 39 people in the church praying for them. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that give you a faith lift? Oh, does it ever? It really does. And it really does inspire, doesn't it? It kind of makes you feel, yes, yes. You know, and, and oh, anyway, we can talk all day about this. It's so wonderful talking about Jesus and prayer and just being his disciples. For people that it, that just maybe haven't had that kind of experience in their prayer life, and and 
maybe they never will have that exact kind of experience, but how do you encourage people to stay within the rigors of prayer, right? Within just the, you, you talked earlier in this episode about an hour a day and then a day a week and a week a month and, and a month a year or however the, the, the sequence went there. For people that maybe haven't had this profound experience, how, how do you suggest just staying with it? Okay, right. Look, I, th- I, I think Bible reading and prayer are, are essential. And they and they kind of go together. Um, I, I I I follow a Bible reading plan. It's called Robert Murray McShane. Um, you read two chapters of the Bible in the morning, two chapters of the Bible in the evening. Uh, and if you stick to it, you'll read the Old Testament once, the Book of Psalms twice, the New Testament twice in a year. And okay, look, you don't have to do that, but find something that works for you. Mm. That, you know, it doesn't matter how tired I am at night when I come back from a, an event or wherever I've been. It doesn't matter if it's the early hours of the morning. I still brush my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are certain things that you will do because it's part of your discipline. OK, we need we need to fill our fill us. It, it was said it was said of John Newton. That, who wrote Amazing Grace, that if you cut John Newton open, the Bible would have fallen out of him because his blood was bibbling. Hmm. Okay? We need the word of God in us. And when the word of God is in us, it, it, those promises, uh, those encouragements uh, kind of engage us in prayer. And w- once there's one preacher that said, I never pray longer than five minutes but I never go longer than five minutes without praying. And I like that too. I think the thing is, is to be aware that the Lord is with you. You can talk to him at any time. King David said, I pray morning, noon and night. So it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily, it's quantity. It, it's, it's being tuned into God. I mean, I look, When's the best time to tune your instrument before you play in the concert? Mm, mm-hmm. and, and in a similar way, I would encourage a, a couple of minutes of reading some scriptures and praying when you wake up. A couple of minutes of reading the scriptures and praying when you go to sleep at night. If you can do it during the day, great. Uh, if there are other rhythms you can do, that's great. Um, but you know if, if you're doing a minute a day well extend it to two minutes if you're doing three minutes a day extend it to five minutes and I think gradually uh, it'll get deeper and longer it sounds like in some of this too that you're talking about living maybe a more integrated life right where you don't have your Christian life over here and then you have your the rest of your life over there, but when you're stopping in these regular rhythms and developing the disciplines of it, you're, you're living a more integrated life as a follower of Jesus wherever you are. Yes, that that's exactly it. I, I yeah, it, you've you've got to put these disciplines um, into you. Um, but you know, I, we need to lean on the Lord, not on our own understanding. Um, you know, I need the Lord's wisdom. I need the Lord's guidance. I need. I need his grace. I need his patience. I need, you know, how can I not go and drink from the Lord each day and draw from the Lord? Um, that is essential. And, and, you know, Holy Week, I, I do 
believe that there is something a bit every day is sacred but during this holy week as we reflect on the heart of our faith um, if we could just take a, a few extra minutes to reflect maybe to read uh, the accounts uh, of of easter in the gospels just read and soak in the scriptures and and just pray and cry out to the lord for our family for our friends you know the, we all have needs um let's come to him let's bow to him let, and the thing about it is this look you know when we bring a need to jesus uh don't then pick it back up again <laughs> so good John, we're just uh, about a minute left, and I so I'm so grateful that you agreed to come and do the show and share with the listening audience everything you did. How can my listeners connect with you? Can we go to canonjjohn.com and sign up right to be on your emailing list? Absolutely, Bill. Well, th- I just want to thank you both, Peter, Bill. Thank you so much. Uh, I I know this is sacred conversation, and, mm, and I is. love it. But it is. look. I, I, I write an article every every Saturday. It's called Heroes of the Faith. And I started that during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And if you want to sign up for that, go to canonjjohn.com and you can get that, sign up, it's free, and you'll get that in your inbox every Saturday. Awesome. Um, so, and there's other resources. But yeah. Bill, thank you for having me you're on. And so, thank you, Peter. You're so welcome. Great stuff. Great that stuff. wraps up our show. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.